Hello, pod pals. Welcome back to another episode of Best Girl Grip in Lockdown. I am your host, Nicole Davis, and this is the podcast interviewing women in the film industry about navigating that film industry. This is the eighth one that I've done in lockdown, which is pretty wild. It's already been two months since I resumed podcasting duties. And I have to say this one is quite exciting because as you know, this podcast is called Best Girl Grip, which is a play on words for the role on a film set called Best Boy Grip, meant to highlight the historical and even present tense lack of women within the film industry. And gosh, I've said that word a lot already. Um, Can you tell this podcast is about the film industry? Um, Anyway, this week I am actually speaking to a grip to hear about that role and what it is that they do. So I'm hoping that 58 episodes into the life of this podcast, it will all finally make sense. The grip in question is the delightful Rebecca Horsberg, who has worked on lots of brilliant British films, including Free Fire, Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool, Journeyman, Stan and Ollie, Rocks, and she also has a credit on Chloe Zhao's upcoming Marvel film, The Eternals. We chat about how she learned about this somewhat lesser known role in the camera department, what it is she's responsible for, how she built her confidence in that role, and what it's like being one of very few women in the profession. I'm so grateful that Rebecca spared the time in lockdown to talk with me, because even though the podcast bears the name Grip, it's something I don't have a lot of knowledge about, so I was just excited to learn from her, and I hope that you do as well. This is episode 58 of Best Girl Grip. with where you went to university and and whether you know you studied film knowing that you wanted a career in it or whether you started out doing something completely different so what was that for you? No so like a lot of people I didn't really know I left school and I didn't really know what I was gonna do so my teacher was just like go do a media course because I enjoyed the subject at school and so I went to Coventry and studied media production and that was in 2008 and I didn't really I wasn't really that interested in the course like I didn't find it that informative and I didn't really still didn't really know what I wanted to do but I did it anyway I don't really think it's helped my career as such because I I didn't really actually know what a grip was when I left university so the fact I'd done all that and I still didn't know a grip existed just yeah it was a good life lesson but for my career, I, I really didn't need it. Nobody's I've ever asked me for my degree for any job. And was that across like radio, film, TV? Did, did media encompass all of that? Yeah, so it, it is quite a vague course because uh, it does a bit of everything. You don't really specialise in any one thing. If I was telling my former self, I'd say go do a specific course. If I knew what I wanted to do, go do film specifically. Mm instead of just media because it doesn't really help and when did that like aha moment come for you that you wanted to work in film specifically I don't know really they they um they tell you to do work experience so I managed to get some work experience on a tv a bbc show called mistresses and it was then I was like I was helping with the location department but it was really good experience because I got to see what everybody's job role was on set. I, I loved it. I just thought this is, I want to start working in film and TV. So that was kind of the first inkling where I thought I should try and 
follow this. And when did you hear that a grip was a role and what made you interested in doing it? I guess, well, the first film I worked on was quite low budget, so they didn't have a grip. And it wasn't until a couple more jobs down the line where I really got to see what a grip does. And I don't know, I just, I radiated towards it. I didn't want to be part of the camera department. I just thought, this is a, a you're, you're still part of the camera department, but it's a different role. And you're really involved in the, the creative side of it still. So yeah, it was a lot later when I realised that, the, how important the job was and how did you you know you just mentioned that you got work experience and then I noticed you kind of you worked your way up training on set how are you getting those opportunities was it via word of mouth you know how are you hearing about that yeah it was a lot of a lot of word of mouth especially now mm. now I've built up a reputation but before that I I was applying on websites you know there's like Mandy and all that sort of stuff when because when you don't have, when you don't know anybody in the industry, and you don't really have a way in, that was kind of the only way to back then. The only way to really get jobs, just doing a runner job or in production. So I started out doing production jobs, and then that's where I kind of got my way in, really, as a production assistant. And then eventually, I was kind of like, can I do more stuff on set and kind of. And that's, yeah, that's kind of how I did it. And did they come quite, you know, um, successively or were you having to like do other jobs in between to make a living? Yeah, it was very, like my first year I was doing a lot of jobs unpaid, which I know now that because that was probably like 2011. So back then you could, there were a lot of jobs where they wouldn't pay you because they knew you wanted the experience. I know now they, they don't really do that. I don't think it's allowed. But so I was doing my first year, I was getting paid really low. And um, I would think I was I was claiming like employment benefits just to make up a wage where I could live off. So it was really hard. And there were many times when I just thought, oh, do I really want to do this? Like I'm working so many hours for so little money. Mm. Is this what it's always going to be like? but eventually I don't know like it was like a ball rolling down a hill it just accelerated and when once I knew I wanted to be a grip and I could just focus on that and I knew right this is what I've got to do I need to get more experience I need to learn the equipment so I'd go to rental houses and just off my own back volunteer there and try and learn all the different bits of equipment just so that I'm better as a trainee and on set and so that's kind of, yeah, kind of how I did it. And was there a specific experience or a film that you worked on where you sort of had the moment you were like, yes, I want to make a career out of this. I'm good at this. Uh, so so when I got the, my first trainee job, mm. they said I helped a grip on a job because he didn't have a trainee. And he said to me, if you really want to do this and you learn the equipment and you're really serious about it, I'll take you on a film. So I did all that. I learned the equipment, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, and so he did that. He took me on as a trainee. And that was the first time I was like, this is my job role. And I just, I really, really enjoyed it. It was on a film called Kill Your Friends. Really nice crew, nice cast. Like, and I just, I was just like, wow, this is the first time I think I've 
ever properly enjoyed my job mm. I didn't enjoy doing production it's really hard it's it just wasn't for me I'm I don't know it just I wasn't suited to it at all and that was the first time I was like I actually fit in in this job even though I really don't fit in mm. <laughs> I'm not your typical grip trainee I just I loved it so that was probably the first time that I realized that I wanted to do it I'd love to get into that. What is your typical grip trainee and why do you veer away from that stereotype? Is it is it that it's a male dominated industry? Um, I think when I started, there wasn't, I was the only female trainee there was. And even still now, there's one female out of the 300 qualified grips in the country. There is only one of them that's female. So, and that's not even me. So, um it really does show how even still there's such a divide and it still hasn't caught up the grip the grip department the camera department has certainly yeah like there's a lot more women in it which is great but we're still a bit behind and mm. and that did have an effect like especially at first it took a lot to gain people's trust mm. and for them to think I could do the job and like one of one of the grips that I worked for that I was a trainee for said to me he's like you're gonna have to work double as hard as everybody else just to prove that you can do it and that was kind of true is that because it's such a physical role what do you think lends itself to a more the um, expectation that men should be doing it rather than women yeah I think I think that's part of it because I know I'm because I'm quite petite as well they Mm -hmm. look at me and go what you're the grip like some people just still can't commute that and now it's a lot different because I work with a lot of people and they know me now so when I come to set they know who I am Mm. but starting now it was definitely quite difficult I'd get handed I'd get asked where the toilets were because they'd think I was the runner or I'll get hand camera batteries and I'm like no like (laughs) I'm the group trainer (laughs) and was that quite intimidating was that quite difficult for you to sort of navigate that and, and and maintain the confidence that you were doing the right role for you yeah, definitely, because I, I wasn't confident at the beginning. Nobody is. You're still learning your trade. I'm still learning my trade now, but mm. I, was, I was really fresh and green and I was trying to find myself and trying to fit in, and, but still trying to be confident. And I didn't want anyone to know that I didn't know everything. So mm. I don't know, you're trying to still portray that you're, you can handle everything and all that stuff, but... I did find it really hard, yeah. And did you have like a mentor or a support system or anyone you could go to that like you felt was an inspiration or whose career you wanted to emulate? Yeah, like I said, there is there are a couple couple of other women that are grips and I talk to them and I've worked with them and they're really great and like it's good to see that they're still doing it as well. And just I was lucky, like I got to work with really good grips and I got to train with good grips that would look after me and I just I guess I just got lucky there like to anyone else I'd just say get in with the right people and then as long as you it's what you want to do then you'll get there and I'd love to do a deep dive into what this role entails um because I mean this podcast is called best girl grip which is a play on words of the fact that there aren't many women in the role but I have to admit I'm still a bit Uh, unclear as to all the things that a grip does so can you talk me through maybe what a typical day on set looks like for you and you know what your responsibilities are so typical day probably start with an egg and avocado roll (laughs) (laughs) 
the coffee. <laughs> no, so you'd be like unloading the van. You always have to get there really early, super early, which is really hard. The hours are hard. So through the day, you just get set up, go, you kit ready. You'd probably have planned what the day is going to be anyway. So you'd know if it was going to be an easy day or if you're doing some sort of special rig where you need cranes or you'd have the dolly out, you'd be setting up track or I don't know. It just kind of depends what you're doing. And then if, so if I was doing a best boy job, I'd be on the truck. I'd be planning for the rest of the week, looking at the schedule like talking to production ordering kit we'd need so it is a, do- a, jo- a different job role being a best boy mm. to a grip it's more kind of office based apart from you're in the back of a truck but right, um right. that is your office <laughs> whereas if you're the grip if you're on set you're next to the dop you don't really leave their side so yeah and that's kind of typical day <laughs> yeah so you're kind of whenever they need to I don't know change a piece of equipment or you know bring a camera to set like you're the person that's kind of facilitating that for them is that is that right yeah definitely and it's a lot about it's more camera support so anywhere if they want some sort of movement in the shot then you'll be setting up something for that like the track if and it's a lot about health and safety so you're making sure whatever if they're doing anything overhead that it's safe and you'll you'll be rigging that pre-rigging that but you're essentially camera support you're supporting the DOP and that's your main job and what about it do you enjoy I just love everything I love I love being on set like the excitement of it all I like you're in different locations every day you're with you're seeing different people I like all the toys that we get to play (laughs) with I like the different rigs that we get to do and you get set different challenges every day and it's just every every single day is different Mm. so that's probably what I like the most about it and you mentioned earlier going to like rentals it rental stores that you are called but like where you um you get to like practice and and try out new equipment is that sort of learning process even more important now that technology is changing at such a pace have you felt that shift yeah definitely it helped me and I think for anybody who's starting to train now I think they make it mandatory now they have the grips front has like a training scheme and part of that scheme is that you before they let before you go on set they require you to spend some time in the rental house learning the equipment what it's used for all the different parts of it and I think that's I wish I'd been part of that scheme or that scheme existed when I started because even though I did kind of do that myself I didn't actually spend that long and it, and it wasn't like a structured thing. I just kind of went there when when I wanted. And so I, I think that really, really helps just set a different caliber of trainee. And it means they come to set and they, and they know everything and they know all the equipment they can be using because there's so much now. You've got so many different remote heads and everything's changing, different cranes and it changes all the time. You've got like Movi and all sorts like, all sorts of stabilized things and it's just it changes so much that you really need to be on top of it and know what's the best thing to use 
And I'm wondering, did you like ever have that where someone asked you for something and you didn't know what it was? And did you just have to sort of learn to say, what is that? Or yeah, because that must have been, that yeah. must be quite difficult to like admit that you don't know something. I know, yeah, you just say, you know, and then you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way around um, it. Yeah, of course, yeah, definitely there is, but you just... But that's the the fun thing about it. You get to play with new toys every day. And that's that's the good thing about being on a higher budget film as well, because they have you have the money to if they want a certain shot, you can kind of rent whatever you need to get that shot. No matter if it is a bit more expensive, if it's the right thing to get you the shot, then it's great because it means we get a chance to play with play with them and use them and see how they work and it means that you're getting getting the job done and yeah that's what I like about the bigger films. Let's dig into that a bit more um because you recently worked on uh, the Eternals the Chloe Zhao Marvel film but you've also done kind of small independent films like Rocks um so beyond equipment what's the difference between kind of working on those two films and, and, and the feel or the atmosphere of those sets? They are completely different because on a film like Eternals, we had a crew of 14 of us in the department. We had, you know, six grips, four standbys. You have a head tech with you the whole time, a crane tech. So anything you needed is facilitated and it's like, bam, 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 happens so quickly and it's, really well run and yeah and compared to a film like rocks which is a lot smaller budget you have it's just it was just me and my grip trainee like I didn't even I wasn't even allowed to stand by so you're doing absolutely everything which also I love as well because it really hones in your skills and you're you're trying to think for yourself whereas on a bigger film you've got a lot of people there to think for you it's a bit of a mad project actually it was, it was such an unorthodox way of filming like we basically there was no script at all like no real schedule we just kind of improvised every day um just kind of observed the actors and what they were they they were just saying what they were thinking and we filmed so much every day and then they must have just taken what they wanted from each bit I don't know it's interesting because I was thinking when we were filming it, how are they going to cut this together? There's no continuity. There, there wasn't even really a script supervisor there because there, there was no continuity on it. So I'm so interested to watch it and see how they've done it. That like makes me think it's quite creative, Like even though it might not seem like it, but you're always trying to solve problems or think about how to execute something, I guess, in, a, in an efficient or a creative way. Does it feel like that for you? Yeah, and like I said, you don't, have on smaller on the smaller budget things you've only got a small van load of equipment so you've got to be really creative in the rigs you build and what you're trying to and how to get the shot whereas you've got like on the marvel film we had two massive 18 ton trucks of gear so we could do whatever yeah it's a lot it's really really different and i'm wondering what career progression looks like for you you know what is it that you want to continue to do? Is it working in this field or is it working up to another position on set? Um, I think I'd just like to get better at my job. Once you, obviously the the HOD of the department is the key grip. Mm. So I've only, I've key gripped two jobs, but they were quite small, like small crew jobs. Yeah. Like I say, you're always learning. There's always, every day is a school day. So um, 
I just like to perfect perfect the craft really. Um, as a key grip, you are a HOD, so you are kind of the top of the top of your department. Um, unless you become a DOP, but then you really need to know about lighting and that sort of thing. So I'd, and I don't want to do that. I like being a grip, so I think I'm happy kind of with where I'm at now. I just need to get better at it, and I'd like to do my MVQ. So that's kind of the progression I'm looking at. And what does like a new challenge look like or, or something that you're really keen to try? Is it about, you know, doing um, a film in a completely different location or? Um, I'd love to key grip another film, just another like small, small, low budget film. I actually prefer it because you get to, I get a bit bored in the studio. Like I like to be on location and see in different places. That's kind of another reason I joined the industry because you get to travel and if you're just stuck at Pinewood for months on end, it does get a bit tedious. So, yeah, I'd like. I think I'd like to do another low budget film or any or a film on location, mm. just to see some new places or abroad. Be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> and are you quite tactical about that when you're looking for your next project to work on? Are you thinking in opposition to what you just did? Like, okay, I'm, I'm looking for something different now, or is it you know take it, take what comes? Um, I get, I've got to the point where I don't always have to just take what job is offered to me. Like I do have a choice now, which is really good. And the good thing about our industry is it's so busy, obviously not now um, with what's happened, but it was so busy that you did have the choice of, of good jobs and um, which made me really happy. I could just, and I like to work with people that I've worked with before so I usually just go and do jobs that they're doing and and let's speak about that like the, the pause in production that's happened at the moment because obviously you're not working on anything at the moment how's that been has it has it been quite a scary time and are you kind of assuming that once productions get back up and running it will sort of go back to normal yeah it's a bit it's just so strange isn't it like I mean I was lucky because I've just had a baby so I was off work anyway Right. So really, for me, it's not impacted me that much. But to, I don't, I don't know when. When is the industry going to be back up and running? Just it's very strange. I don't know how they're going to comply with the um, COVID legislations and all that. So I don't know. But I'm hoping in a couple of months, once like my, once Georgie's not feeding anymore, I can go back to work and start up again. But I'd like to just do dailies and few weeks here and there I don't really want to commit to anything anything too big <laughs> you know having to commute and all that stuff is don't know it's quite hard absolutely and and what was there um was that you know personal reasons that you moved to Scotland or there are enough productions up there or yeah how do you balance that yeah so my, my partner lives up here he works in film as well right. um and like I said just had a baby so I decided to move up here but I was living in I was living in Margate before that, so I didn't live in London anyway. I just I had a van, <laughs> lived in a van, travel around and live up unit bases, which is great because it cuts out the morning commute, which is horrible in London. And because of the hours you're doing on set, it just I couldn't really cope with the long hours, so it meant that I could just stay at work and then get an extra few hours in bed <laughs> in my van. <laughs> I do. <laughs> 
Um, and I'm wondering, like, with having a baby and taking a break, did that feel quite scary? Because often, as you say, with word of mouth, it's sort of you, you want maybe you want to say yes to everything because you're only as good as your last job and you want to, you know, keep your face present in the industry. Did that feel, yeah, were you a bit scared about taking a step back from it? I was really worried at first and I didn't I didn't tell anybody for a long time probably until I was like seven thirty thirty weeks maybe and and I didn't even tell so when I started Eternals I didn't tell them I was pregnant because I didn't want them to have a preconceived idea that I couldn't do the job so um I taught the key grip knew but nobody else in my department knew and I didn't tell production and that was just my decision because, and I wasn't really showing either. So nobody guessed for a few weeks. <laughs> and um, I did the job right up until I think I was like 30, 32 or 34 weeks pregnant. And I, I did the job fine. So it really didn't affect, didn't affect the way I worked at all because I was best boying. So, um, and the crew, my team were really good. They'd help out if there was something I couldn't do so that but obviously that doesn't work for everyone it just depends on your situation and what your pregnancy is like but I guess the main thing I'd say I'd give advice to other people is just in terms of finances because I didn't really plan it I'm a limited company so it means that it means I don't get any maternity pay I get very little maternity pay I've not had a lot at all so if you are planning on having a baby try and like make sure that you've got things in place so that you can claim something because luckily I have savings for what I'm living on just so I think it's just it just goes with the job doesn't it yeah. is there like a union or, or a collective or something that you can join so that you have that sort of like infrastructure or support if you need it I don't know is there no I don't there is like I, I'd wish like Beck 2 would do something where there'd be some sort of maternity support or I don't know because I'm part. I'm a member of Beck too, but they don't do anything like that. And obviously, the Grips Front have never had a grip that's been pregnant before, so I don't think they have to cope with that. So I don't think there is really anything in place. If I think if you're self-employed and yeah, if you're self-employed, you can claim maternity. So what I should have done is stayed self-employed but I didn't know I was going to have a baby so I'd already had my company up and running by then. Well what prompted the decision to set up your own company why did you feel like that was yeah the next step for you? Um, a lot of grips most grips do it a lot of people in our industry do it's I have my own equipment so when I go on a job often I rent out my equipment as well so it's just a, a better way of putting it through your accounts and that sort of thing, tax purposes and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's kind of why I did it. And it has been a lot easier doing it that way rather than going job to job and every time doing PAYE. And then when you come to a tax return and you've got loads and loads of employees, I've just found that really hard to do. So it is a lot easier if you're a limited company and you're just working you're just an employee of that company I found that just easier to do accounting wise and is that something you had to learn like to do your own accounts or like was there someone that you could go to to get them done for you yeah talk me through that yeah I'm really bad at it I hate I hate MRC forms I absolutely detest them so I've got an accountant and I think I just pay them over the odds to try and do it for me because I really can't cope with it <laughs> 
Um, and are there any other skills that you feel like a grip needs to, to do well at their job? Um, I think just ha- try and have good people skills. Mm. Like be calm and like make sure you pay attention to what the DP wants and their vision, the DP and the director, what their vision is. Try and understand what they want to achieve. I don't know. Yeah, you just need to have the knowledge of what and um, know how to achieve the shot safely and quickly and also for production side they want it in the least expensive way so if you can also think of that as well (laughs) then that makes you a good grip and how do you sort of I'm wondering like is it a job where you need inspiration like if a DP is coming to you and say I want to do it like this is it good to have in your mind another film where that's been achieved like how are you learning how to set up certain shots where is that knowledge coming from yeah it could be from like I often watch films now and I think have they done that shot have they done that and like it's really annoying because I can't just sit and watch a film anymore like there's <laughs> lots like oh that's off a crane or that's off a, they've done this rig blah 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 but often you'd get like you'd try and do a test day where you can if they want a shot but you're not sure how to achieve it you'd test out different rigs and see what works and what's good and blah 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 and then yeah so it's just you're not always going to know how to have the answer straight away and like often just ask other grips like yeah there's a lot more experienced grips out there that can help you if you're willing to just ask. So often I do that. <laughs> and when yeah. you see a film that you've worked on, is that like a proud moment for you where you're like, I helped set up that shot or, you know, or it becomes such about like the larger experience of the film that you kind of, I don't know, you can detach yourself from having worked on it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it when you go and watch the screening or whatever and you see like something you know that's taking you days to set up that you know it's been a really hard shot and you see it and you're like yes that is it like I'm trying to say it's my mum and she's like I really don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah and I'm wondering is that quite a difficult part of your role is is that people don't know what you do and explaining it can be quite hard or explaining the impact that you had can be quite difficult do you find that a struggle or not really yeah, because obviously everybody asks you, well, what's a grip? Like, no, and, and no one, even if you explain, they still don't really get it mm-hmm. unless they've been on set and they, they can see what you're doing. Because it is, it is a hard job. Like, it's a lot about health and safety and you're really, they're relying on you to get it right as well, to get the shot right. Sometimes if, like, you're losing the light, you only get one or two takes, it's, there's real pressure on you to get it right people don't really know that side of it but also if you know if you're putting a camera over an actor's head that that's also a lot of pressure you you've got to make sure it's safe and that it's rigged properly and all that stuff so yeah there is that element of it that's really important and we're sort of maintaining that calmness and confidence in your ability to perform the job something you learn on the go or something that you've sort of always had within no that's been something that I really struggled with have just the confidence because because people aren't confident with you if you if you don't look confident or and that's something I really really did struggle with just I'm fine now like and it's I think it's if people are really front with you and quite you know catch you off guard you're a bit like oh god like 
yeah, that's the bit I struggled with the most. But I'm kind of over time, you just get used to it and you're you actually you know what you're doing. So you've got that confidence in that and actually is there anyway. So I've uh, yeah, I find it a lot easier now. And it comes with age as well. When I started, I was I was 21 and I look quite young for my age. So you immediately don't really have the respect that you have when you look a bit older. Yeah. I know that sounds mental, but that's <laughs> true. So it does come with age, unfortunately, as well. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and I'm wondering, I mean, you've, you've mentioned a few things, but is there any other advice that you would give to a future generation of grips that are looking to come into the industry? I'd just say if it's what you really want to do, just just work hard. That's all people want to see. They want to know that, you, that it's, you know, you're not sitting on the back on the back of the truck doing nothing on your phone. If you really want to do it, you'll be on set, you'll be watching what's going on, you'll be learning, you'll be asking questions. Like that's what makes you a good grip and be a team player, like help out help out the other grips, help out the other departments, try and understand other people's jobs around you. Because if you understand what they're doing, you know they'll have respect for you and they'll un- they'll understand, you know, give you time to do what you've got to do. And just work with good people, work with people you want to work with. We spend a lot of time at work. So make sure it's with people that you like. (laughs) Yeah, and just absorb all the information you can. And how did you advocate for yourself? Did you have like a showreel that you could like exhibit the stuff that you'd worked on? Or was it just about getting references from the people that you'd already worked with? No, it's mainly, I mean, people just go off your IMDb page nowadays or your CV and that's really how I get jobs and through word of mouth I've never really had a showreel or anything so I don't know as a grip how you would have a showreel it's not really your footage I've got pictures of me on set with different rigs and stuff like that so maybe that that could be my showreel but no I just it's just word of mouth I think people people judge you on who you've worked with and what and what you've worked with and what you've worked on sorry I think that's really how they can decipher what you've like what you've done and because I've done I've done TV I've done commercials I've done low budget I've done higher budget stuff so I think that has been quite good for me and it's it looks better on my CV that I've done a bit of everything yeah and can do it all um is there a project that you've worked on that you're particularly proud of um I did a job in Malawi called The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind and that was just a fantastic film to work on it was a really amazing experience like amazing grip team I worked with in Africa so that one I was really proud of although they got my name wrong on the credits which really oh, no. <laughs> is Rebecca Humphreys that's awful <laughs> this woman stealing my credits yeah like I just I like all the independent films I do really like their finest free fire all the like smaller independent films because I don't know you just you know you worked really really hard on them and everything that went into them and because this the crew is smaller it's like a little family and it's you just I don't know it was good and finally um is there a film you've seen recently it can be short or feature length old or new by a woman director that you think is an undervalued gem that you'd like to recommend I'd say I watched the other day you were never really here um it's got a packing phoenix in it yeah packing i never know if i say his name right packing that's a pretty good one it's a bit of a slow starter but it's actually it is really good 
yeah there's a lot of really great shots in that actually as well like the one I think where he's like looking out over the traffic is like really cool and what's the other one I was going to say oh uh this isn't underrated but the films by Catherine Bigelow are really good like Zero Dark Thirty yeah. you know like the war films have you seen those yeah like Al-Qaeda the Hurt Locker that, yeah. and the Hurt Locker yeah and she did one called Detroit but I haven't seen that one yet but that's quite free fire, like contained and in a like cramped, claustrophobic sort of space. Yeah, it's good. Oh, have you seen that? Detroit. Yeah, yeah it is really good. Especially, I get it's quite pertinent now with everything that's going on um, with rioting and um, in America. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I don't think she's underrated though. I think she's probably rated quite highly. <laughs> but yeah. I, just, I feel like women, women directors always need just an extra boost. <laughs> yeah, I worked with them on their finest. I worked with. Alone Sherfig, and she's really, really good, brilliant director. And I like her stuff, like The Riot Club, One Day. She's, I think she's, she's underrated, I'd say. Do you, do you like working with women directors, like, on par with men or more so? Like, is there a preference there for you or not really? <laughs> no, I don't really notice the difference. You know, when you're like, oh, it's a woman director. I just yeah. I don't really, I don't really think about it in that way. But um, as long as they they're good and they know what they're doing and I don't yeah it doesn't really doesn't really matter Rebecca thank you so much for your time today it's been it's been great okay, thanks thanks for having me thank you for downloading this episode of best girl grip I'll be back next week with another episode focused on the camera department, Uh, but if you're interested in this realm, I also recommend checking out my interviews with cinematographers Rachel Clark and Rena Yang. In the meantime, have a great week. (laughs) 